This episode of Tales from a Gemini, and I, I'm not going to lie, it's a personal episode. This is like what two friends do, and the camera just happened to catch it. This is my friend Tammy Pescatelli. Tammy's one of the top comics in the country, and she's been that way for the last 20 years. She pulls no punches. Uh, she talks openly about the feud she's had, about the cancel culture, about why she was canceled and how she doesn't care. She's truly one of the best comics out there, and more, more than anything, she's my friend. And this is what you get when you get two comics talking real, and the camera just happens to be there. And I guarantee you will love this episode. Enjoy. Yeah. yeah. I'm ready. Here we go. It's my favorite intro in the whole world. It never gets old, Wyatt. It never gets old. One, two, three. Yeah. Never gets old. Hey, Tales from a Gemini. This is BT, and this one, this is a, this might be. I've had a couple of people who I'm really, really, really tight with, and this is one of them. It's right now, she's been kicking ass in comedy for the last. I'd say, man, I I don't put her age out there, but the last years, and it's funny because I was there when she first stepped on stage. And uh, we're just going to bring her. She's known as the uh, the verbal assassin, Tammy Tammy the Bold Pescatelli. <laughs> How are you, Tammy? I'm good, my friend. I don't mind if you say my age. I'm old. But, uh, You're not I'm old. Still, don't you start that shit. Oh, I am. I am. Don't I'm 51 that. years old. Don't start like, look that at shit. You, you still look and I do mean beautiful. I mean, you still look beautiful. And I mean that from the bottom of my heart. Because I saw you in Vegas about, what, three or four years ago? I think we had breakfast or lunch or whatever. And I was like, man, you yeah. look good, Tam. And I know you were like, I think you were busy. I think the fam was out there. So you you, you made some time for me, which I appreciate it. And we caught up a little bit. But now, man, I'm so appreciative for this. And I was like, I remember I was riding my motorcycle going, who could I have for a guest? And I think we had just like, you know, messaged each other on, on Twitter. And I was like, you know what, Tammy, because I like to catch up with her and, and talk about old times and everything else. And I mean, I've never been so happy for somebody's success than like you, than you, because I remember and you always mentioned Ohio, but we met in, 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 in Iowa and you went on stage right. for the first time ever. And I was there for you. And then after that, it's been you shot up like a rocket. And now look at you. Look at my little girl growing up. <laughs> oh, you're so sweet. You, you know, I don't know if it was a rocket. It was like a, a 20 year rocket, but <laughs> like it, um, you know, it's funny because that's right. You were there on my first open mic. Cause I was just living in the quad cities for the summer. Supposed to be hanging out with my parents because I had an internship. I just graduated from college. I didn't know anybody. So I was like, how do you meet someone when you're 20, 21? Like, what do you do? So you go work at a comedy club, make a little money. I loved stand up. So I thought, wow, I could, uh, I could just watch some great stand up and I'll go, I'll go to New York in the fall. And then I fell in love with it. I met a lot of friends and me and my big mouth decided to get on stage. <laughs> you know, what I remember. And we was, it was great because oh, no. we were friends. It was cool because especially back at that time, I was, man, I was wilding. But, and, and, and so it was weird that, <laughs> it, no, it was weird that we were always just friends and considering, you know, during that time, what I was doing that I never hit on you. I was always respectful to you. And I, and I just remember, 
I remember this is how I was living my own life, Wyatt. I was my my producer's like 19, so he likes to hear stories like this. But I was 19. I mean, he's 19. Yeah. So no, so I was young in comedy in my early, early 20s. And I just remember I had a shirt on Lailway. We did it back in the day. I had a shirt on Lailway. When I finally got it on Lailway, <laughs> I had Tammy. Explain to them what Lailway was. <laughs> Explain to them what Lailway, Lailway was. Is... You pay a little bit of money every week. <laughs> Lailway and black people love yeah. Lailway. That's why they did away with it. Because <laughs> because I'm, I, I bought a shirt. I tried to keep you down. <laughs> I didn't have a, Kanye I, got a, did away with it. Kanye and those sneakers, they, he killed layaway. That's what happened. I didn't have enough money for it. So I put like a little money down here, a little money down there. And I had, I go, hey, Tammy, could you do me a favor? Go pick this up for me. And I swear to you, I think she had that shirt for like two years when I finally, finally got, got right. shirt. I think I remember it was like a mustard yellow silk shirt, like Jodeci. Like you were about to, to flip it back and do a Jodeci video. <laughs> and I just remember me, you, and Sparkman in your kitchen at about one in the morning trying to be quiet and not wake your parents up. And I think we're eating, was it pizza or something? And I just remember great memories, man. And I, I mean, I just remember we were eating pizza, and, you're, and, and I was like, I think Sparkman, like, this is like a porno. <laughs> we were in your house in the kitchen <laughs> eating a pizza. And Sparkman was like, this is like a porno. And we were trying to, and trying to stifle our laughter so hard. And I just remember that. <laughs> and <laughs> don't you, I think my dad came down. He may Do have. You remember my father was 6'5, 350 pounds. Like, he was in good shape then. And he, like, he was an ex pro football player and he came downstairs and he was like what what is going and then he he kept talking i think he talked to you guys and i went to bed i think he was talking <laughs> about working out and stuff it was fun yeah that was when i was bigger but i was really into working out yeah 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 because yeah, the funny thing was is i remember the next day coming in and spark goes your dad is cool because I don't know how many dudes would come downstairs and make sure that these two black dudes who are talking to his daughter had enough to eat. <laughs> I mean, how great was that? I mean, it's the truth, though. I mean, if you really think about back in the day, yeah, he comes down, there's two black dudes in, in his kitchen, you know, eating with his daughter, and, and he thought nothing of it. There was no cross, like, what the hell's going on? It was just, and it was a cool time. Man, that was so much fun. And I just, we just remember... Yeah. And this was before social media. So that was when, like, if you didn't see somebody, you didn't see somebody. It was like, hey, how's Tammy doing? You just find out through word of mouth because we didn't have social media. And I like, okay, Tammy right. doing comedy. And, man, and you went on. You worked for a radio station. Turns out, I didn't know, you earned three Clio Awards. You won three Clio Awards. You know what I did. Those, those You're so sweet. You, those were the. I was the spokesperson for High V. Do they have High V in Indianapolis now? No, I don't know. No, 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 High V no, no. is a very Midwest grocery store, yeah. so it's in like seventeen yeah. states in the Midwest. And that's, you, I I know you were with me because so here's, there was a it was very Jerry Seinfeld day, and <laughs> they had me go on stage, and I say I had the lesbian comedian uniform on because they made me wear a vest and a jacket and a t-shirt. My hair all crazy. And I would say, um, it was the big flash. I would say, Hi V Comedy Club. And I would say, uh, if uh, if a cow laughs, does milk come out of its nose? This week on sale at Hy V, milk for $3.25 a gallon. And me and uh, some of these names like Mark Gross, who went on to write for all these Chuck Lorre sitcoms yes. and 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 uh Craig Peters, so many, but the guy who 
put that together was the manager of the Des Moines Funny Bone. And it turns out he was making more than all of us. He was taking a location fee. He was taking a, a performing Johnson. fee, right? Yeah, Mark Johnson. That he was taking everything yes. from us. Yes, he did. Uh, that was the yeah. that was. And people who don't know about c- uh, comedians or whatever, I mean, the guy that booked it. It's a true story. I mean, <laughs> there was. This is just it involves Sparkman. Uh, my, my best friend's a comedy named Sparkman. He did a gig, I think, in Ames, Iowa. And and after the show was over, people go, Oh my God, that was great. Well, I can't believe we got you at such a low price. I mean, and Spark and Spark, I think, got a hundred dollars. And and Spark like, really? What he goes, most comedians get like twelve hundred. And I think Mark Johnson got like twelve hundred and gave Spark like a hundred or one fifty. And I mean, man, that was one of the yeah. funniest things ever. And I laughed and I laughed. Yeah, and I laughed. <laughs> he got, it's he so got funny. over a thousand. It was- <laughs> He got us every time because you didn't want to say anything because you didn't want to get in trouble. Yes. Like you couldn't. When I hear these young girls talk about what they consider sexual harassment or or unfair work. Do you know what I had to go through by the people who booked me that I didn't say anything? I lived in a condo with two guys every week. A lot of times I didn't know them and there weren't even keys for the condo because they just left the door open. Yes. (laughs) Whoever came in. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know what? But think, okay. For uh, now that everything's all the me too movement, everything's different now. Like back in your day, did anything ever get weird? I mean, because I mean, if you look on it now. Lots of times. Sure. I mean, I had several incidents, but you handled it yourself. Like it never got too weird because I mean, that's what helped me grow. Like I just stomped it right out and you couldn't complain because you did, they would take it out on you as the, as the woman, because there weren't a lot of us, you know, I mean, I just wanted to be a comedian, but sure. There was the very, very, very first week on the road. I'm staying in the condo in Des Moines. There you go. Uh, that, that should have been my problem. I should have stayed away. And, um, the feature act, it's like two o'clock in the morning, comes pounding on my door, boom, 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 boom. And he had went out after the show. Turns out he was a huge alcoholic. I didn't know what I was doing. I woke up, I'm like, what's going on? And then he was like, let me in, let me in. I want to, I'm going to, you know, like, uh, I don't know what to say. Like, he really said the word, but like, I want to blank you. You can say and it. I'm like, I mean, fuck it. We're, we're uh, Can I? Oh, okay, good. Yeah, good. Yeah. I didn't know how, what your level was. No. Okay, good. He goes, I don't want to fuck you. I'm like, then I'm kind of clear my head and I, go get the hell away from my door but that's all i because i didn't really have i'm only 24 you know i'm not strong the way i am now and i was like go away go back to your room and then all of a sudden mac king the magician yeah okay and he's like pulling on my he's pulling on my door mac king the magician was the headliner that week he came out of his room with a brick because mac was a little guy but in his acts he used to put a brick in his like if a joke didn't go well, he'd pull the brick out yeah. of his suit. Yeah. He came with his brick and told the guy to go back to the room. And then the next day while the guy was sleeping it off, he took me aside and he goes, if you are going to be in this industry, you're going to have to learn how to take care of yourself. Cause I mean, yeah. you know, I used to say I was cute by default because there weren't a lot of women in comedy. <laughs> so, you know, it was... <laughs> I mean, that's, that's a sad story, but that's yeah. what we do when comedies make it fun. But that's, that's a horrible, that's, that's horrible for him to do that. I mean, that's scary actually is what it is. It, it, it was, and it wasn't that same condo. I stayed with that rapist, that convicted rapist 17 times oh, and shit. got right. Like, yeah, he, he raped 17 people. I stayed with him two days before he was arrested and the FBI interrogated me because they didn't understand. They kept saying, your boyfriend, your boyfriend. I'm like, I don't know this guy. Oh, Vin- with Vince Chan? Well, why Vince did Chan? you stay? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. They said, 
Why did you stay with him then? You stayed with him Monday night in Des Moines. You don't know him. You're lying. You're lying to us. I'm like, I don't know him. And then I had to wait until they got a hold of someone to the comedy club so they could explain the system. I didn't know him. I was wow. just staying a day over. You know, like those condos were gold. Those condos, we, you're right. We didn't see each other, but we had the number to the condo. So we would call each other all the yeah. time. Like if I knew you were in yeah. Des Moines, I'd call you because that's yeah. where I could find you. But also remember you know? one time you you floated me a solid because for some reason you couldn't do, I think, the Sunday night in Des Moines. And I was coming through and you go, listen, they got me a hotel room. You can just have my hotel room. It was at a Super 8. I remember that shit. It was at a Super 8. You go, you can just have my hotel room and I'm leaving. And you left early and I got your room at the Super 8. And I go, and I told Spark, I go, yeah, man, Tammy left me her hotel room. It was great. So I remember that shit. Yeah, I mean, little shit like that. People don't know. And people who aren't, who are uninitiated is that back in the day, we called it a condo, but it was actually a shitty apartment. They all put the comics up in. Horrible. And you had to live like it was an 86 spring break. And, you know, and they, still have them in some places you go and i get my own hotel and they go why don't you want to stay in the condo i go because i'm not fucking 22 years old i'm a grown man i gotta live with other people that's why i want my whole fucking hotel room sometimes you just want to be alone it was disgusting and i had to carry a murder kit basically with me (laughs) like you know duct tape and and bleach and 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 blankets um but i think we were all really close because we lived together you know what i mean i think that really made we we had a great camaraderie of the group of us that were coming up together i think i think you know you spent the day you went and saw the free movies you did the show or or old country buffet because you were if if you were if you were working comic on the road and you were opening you wouldn't make it no money so what you do at least and what i would do is I'd go work out early. I get my workout in, and around anywhere between twelve and three, I go to Old Country Buffet and back when I ate meat, and I loaded up on everything, and that, and that would last me throughout the whole day. And then you go to the club, you get to eat for free, and then you eat free at the club, and that's how and that's how you made and that's how you you got by back yeah. in the day. And man, I'm mean, thinking about it now. Oh my God! I mean, how great was that? I mean, seriously, you ate at Old Country. Co- no, no, you're right. All of it. I remember keeping a dollar, trying to like making sure that I had a dollar because for me, I would go over to uh, Taco Bell and I'd get a bean burrito because you get a bean burrito for a dollar. And I'm like, that'll fill me up. That's good. It's all protein. Like that was my thing. Or you're the one who taught me to keep the hotel keys so you could go get the free breakfast from La Quinta. <laughs> We don't do it anymore, but hey, we needed to eat. You know what, man? Yeah, thinking about little things like that, I mean, that's, wow. The little things, the little things like that, the free breakfast order. If you come in at the right time, you travel all night on a one-nighter, and you go to a nice hotel at the right time and kind of blend in with everybody going to eat, and, you know, they don't know you don't live there. And so- well, and I've more than made up for it because I now catch the first flight out in order to get home, and I miss the breakfast. So for anybody complaining who's upset, I have missed a lot of breakfasts that I'm in- Title two. Breakfasts, 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 whatever. Breakfasts. Did you ever road dog it? I mean, because I, I didn't know, honestly. There, there was a period where we didn't see each other, and I know you were doing your thing, but, like, did you ever road dog it? Like, did you ever do, like, you know, like the one-nighters and this and that? But I know, because I know you had that, 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 that radio gig. So did you, like... like well, you- I had that, and, yeah, I quit when I was... Uh, I quit. I did uh, open mic and radio gig. I got it at the same time. First open mic, they offered me the radio show. So I did that for two and a half years. I quit full time and went full time on the road in 1994. And I was on the road. 
I mean, I've never not been on the road. Uh, I moved back to Cleveland in 95 and then to LA in 2001. And yeah, all those gigs. I just was lucky that because of starting in, in Des Moines, I mean, Davenport at a funny bone owned by the guy who owned the Cleveland improv, I was able to play all those improvs and funny bones over and over and over and over. But yeah, I mean, I, I had to have second jobs in the building that I lived in working for security or the gym that was in the building. So yeah, I had a roommate until I was 30 years old, well, you know, don't, don't say that. I have a roommate now and I'm 53. So <laughs> I'm serious though. You know, you can, yeah, you don't you gotta say that hurt my feelings. You're still but, traveling though. You're still traveling. I mean, back then too, when we traveled, like you couldn't even be reached, you know, it was, if you had a phone, it was a bag, phone. you had a pager and I'd try to call people back at an 800 pager. <laughs> no, people don't realize this. Back in the day, if you were doing comedy on the road back in the day, you had that, that number, John Lithgow, 1-800-999, whatever. And so what we do is if you knew a comedy club was booking on a Tuesday at a certain time, you literally would stop your car at a rest area, gas station, whatever. And it had things for millennials listening, they had a thing called a payphone. And what you do is mm. you go in and you put that number in and had all those long numbers. And if you messed up one of them, you go, God damn it. You had to start all over again. And you call and go, Hey, it's Dave there. Dave said, call back in 15 minutes. Fuck. And then you had to wait. And then you finally call it and, and hope, and you have a black book. You literally, you literally had a black book and you mark the dates off. You go, okay, I'm good for the next three months. And that's how you lived, man. And that's how you lived. And I just remember, yeah. and I didn't know anything about you. So what I always want to ask you though, what was your initial goal? Because I remember when you went on stage the first time and we talked after you got off stage, but what was your initial goal when you first got in the business? Like your initial, you went on stage for the first time and then after that, what, what was your plan? Or did you have one? Well, I don't know when the plan developed, but my big, 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 big goal ultimately was, you know, the moment you get to be a, a, a you know, an open micer, you want work. So I wanted to work. And that was the thing too. Like you'd go to work and you'd work the club and then you'd ask them for a week before you left. You know what I mean? It wasn't mm -hmm. agents and managers. I can remember, I have to say this real quick. I remember you, me and spark. And I think gross was with us at a condo with two VCRs trying to dub all of our, our tapes because you had to get a, a VCR tape yes. to mail packages. And I had made, I had swiped, because I'm Sicilian, I had swiped <laughs> the, the, there was a comedy Bible that was like, they charged like $150 for with all the comedy club addresses. Remember somebody put it together and I made copies of it yes. for all of us yes. at my dad's office. <laughs> so we all sat there one day, like, like, like sweatshops, people and and made little dubs of our sets because it's not like one click and there's my viral video you had to send that tape called 200 times to make sure they watch the tape yes and then anyway but yeah so i guess my first goal though i guess buddy was i think i wanted to just do the tonight show because the very first time i did the tonight show was in 2003 and the next day i was very depressed because I hadn't really thought past that. Cause I thought you do the tonight show and like your whole world would open up. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I just thought, Oh, this would be it. Like there'll be billboards with my name on them, you know? <laughs> so, you know, I so, mean, I had no clue. Well, but that, okay. But, but you, you didn't, you didn't think beyond that. What did you think was going to, that you thought the phone was going to blow up? Did you have a manager by then or an agent by then? 
at that time? I had a manager by then because I just went to Just for Laughs. And I think I did have an agent too by then. Um, just for Laughs was a big deal for me because that's where I got an agent and a manager that was like in 2000. I moved to LA in 2001. 2002, I got to go to New Faces. That was the year they stopped giving out development deals. I'm oh. always the person that shows up the year after things quit moving. Um, I'm very Larry David life. <laughs> I have just enough success for people to kind of know who I am yeah. and not enough for me to be rich. Um, <laughs> so, like, you know, um, yes. yes. so it's just a, a pain. Um, and uh, yeah, so, I mean, I think, I think I, ultimately at the beginning wanted to be famous i just know or wanted yeah. to be heard no one listened to me in my house that's probably why i got the microphone and yeah. i i had my big father or i probably would have stripped you know uh, but <laughs> no, it was just you wouldn't, no, you i needed wouldn't, attention you wouldn't you know? have stripped you wouldn't have stripped. Hey, <laughs> i needed attention like you wouldn't have stripped you know yeah yeah i know no, you did no but you no. were i just remember going and I, I don't know if anybody else knows this story but i just remember going to cleveland we were in cleveland and, and this is the greatest. Like we had a good. I think either I was working and you were working. One of us was working in Cleveland. And oh, oh I mean, no. it was me because I was going through. I was going through because I remember that. And and I just remember us going to the yeah. nightclub. And some girl. Oh God. Oh, this is the greatest story. Is, is we're at a nightclub at a good time, and <laughs> I think some girl was eyeballing you. And I just remember on the dance floor going, "Okay, what's Tammy talking to her about?" And next thing you know, I could tell you were pissed. And then next. Thing, and I see punches fly and I go, okay, we're going. <laughs> I just remember, okay, we're well, going. Do you remember that? Okay, okay. I love, all right. I'll tell, okay, now <laughs> that's your version and I like it. Yeah, but you're very close. So I remember I was, you were there. It was me and my, and my cousin mm -hmm. and you. We were having a great time. I think there were some people from the improv who came over. This guy kept coming over to talk to me. The girl was eyeballing me and when I went to step up to get up on the stage area yes. where everybody was dancing she checked like kind of shoulder checked me and she was a little tiny girl I remember that and that's when blonde. I, I yes that. yeah she was really cute and tiny and then I I didn't punch her I mushed her <laughs> yeah that's right that's I right you <laughs> That's right. I, I remember that. Her. And I was like, okay. Because that, I was like, go. get away. I mean, I, by that point, I was I was emotionally strong. I was physically <laughs> strong. I was like, and I just mushed her. And I remember she came at me and I punched her and I said, I was trying to be nice to you. <laughs> like I was, I was trying. She came at me again and I was, I mushed you to get away from you. And then I cracked her and she was on the ground and I was like, I'm, and then you pulled me away. And I then go, you were like, go. that's the greatest. I was, then you were like laughing at me for years after going, that's your, that's your Arnold Schwarzenegger. I'll be back. I was trying to be nice to you. I go, we got to go now. Every story. Now. That's why I went to therapy. <laughs> that's it. That's why I went to therapy. Cause every story that anybody had of me during those early Year, the late 90s, early 2000s was me telling someone off or knocking someone out. I'm like, I think I really need to get myself together and get straight. When did you knock somebody out? When did you knock somebody out? Um, well, I want to hear the, that shit. I didn't. Yeah. Tell me that. Tell me a knock. I like I like fighting story. I'm, I am still old school. I like a fighting story or a fuck story. I really do. I mean, seriously, I'm still old school. Ooh. Those are the fun stories. All right. Well, I'll tell you what happened. So that guy okay, that yeah. of that night, yeah. I went on to date yeah. 
for about two years. I remember that. I remember that. Right. But I didn't know. He was horrible. He was a boxer. I didn't know what a big piece of crap he was because we were only home on Monday and Tuesdays. So like you could just as long as you're nice on Monday and Tuesday, like how do we like, you know, like I can't I'll see you. Like he would drive me to the airport so he was sure I was gone so he could go cheat on me. And for people and, that, for people like, that, for people that don't know why she said when she says Monday and Tuesday, because as a comic back in those days, clubs were really long. I mean, uh, the 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 Columbus Empire uh, Columbus uh, Funny Bone went from Tuesday through Sunday. Most clubs went to it from at least Tuesday through Sunday. So that's why she, or Wednesday through Sunday at least. So that's why she says Monday and Tuesday. So go ahead, proceed. Yeah, right. Tuesday sometimes was only the morning you were leaving to go to work. So yes. um, he he was very violent, and I never came from that, so I didn't know how to how to talk about it with anyone. Um, I was very private about it. Yeah. Uh, he he created problems everywhere he went, and I just never I wasn't. I, I just really didn't know. And I can remember he, uh, it's a rough story, so uh, trigger for anyone, but mm-hmm. it works out well at well, the if, end. If you, want to, if you don't want to tell it, that's fine, but if you want to, that's great. No, 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 I'll just tell it, but it's a trigger alert for other people. Okay. He was choking me, okay. boom, choking me. I'm on the ground, right? And this is a very comedic thing in a weird way because he had very blue eyes and when he was choking me, they were black. And I remember as I almost passed out, I remember thinking, Oh, OJ really did do it. Cause I had thought that he hadn't done it. And, and, but yeah, I remember that they said OJ's eyes turned black. You know what I mean? When he was angry and stuff like that. And I remember thinking OJ really did do it. Like that's how dumb I am. But when I woke up, uh, I just, I, he was, a, was standing over me and I just, I don't know, I just went crazy and I, I, I beat the hell out of him and I, I hit him with, I hit him with like a, a, a TV remote on the side of the head and he got knocked out. And then, nice. he, and then I changed my number. I moved and I never heard from him again until he showed up at a show and then I, and pretended like nothing had happened. <laughs> Crazy people always just show up and act like you just had a conversation. Hey, they baby. just finished the conversation. <laughs> no, so, and then I said, what the hell is going on? My God. <laughs> did, did, did it scare you, though, when he did? Did it scare you? Or, or were you like... Yeah, I was petrified. But I think, ultimately... It just it just taught me a lot. That's probably why I became such a good comic because I I felt comedy saved my life because I had to leave. If I wouldn't have left, say I had a regular job working, you know, at a, at a mall or whatever, I'd have been there every day. Of course, maybe I wouldn't not you know maybe I'd have found out sooner. But once you have to leave and then you're hanging out with you know your friends and I wasn't I wasn't someone who dated comics but like i guys were my friends so i would right. you know okay you you, are, you know what's great is i remember because I, I talk to comics now and i go man you know what i meant i said the only thing with a female comic other than a male comic is that you can't really play the dozens with a female comic you know that's, that's what, <laughs> you know what i mean and that's why you were one of the people you could I mean, we, we never did because i mean but but you were one of those people. You were one of the guys, and that's what I miss about comedy now. It's like I have nobody to because my uh, I do another podcast called Sorry We're Canceled with another comic called Dion Curry, 
And man, we can fuck with each other all the time. If he brings me up on stage, I go, keep it going, everybody, for Dion. Dion's got the, uh, he's a grown man with a sophomore body. He's got the body of a, so- a high school sophomore. And we, and, yeah. and then when I leave, he goes, keep it going for BT. He's got to be in bed because he's old, or whatever. And we go back and forth, and that's fun. And that's what I miss about it. And I just remember, and I, say, and I always said, the only thing different with a female comic is you can't really play the dozens with them. You know what I mean? Because they, they, it's, a, it's, a, it's a different thing. You kind of got to let them have it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, this I remember bringing you up going and pay no attention because uh, he's swollen. He had an allergic reaction because you were all worked out. I'm like, I think pay no attention. Guys, don't bring it up because he's swollen. He had an allergic reaction. Please welcome. BT. Like, you know, just stop. But that's what. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go, 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 go. Keep going. Please. Well, I think that's kind of what happened in that Tony Heitchcliffe uh, situation. Yeah. But it just wasn't, it didn't bring funny. But that's what we were supposed to do. Like that kid was doing a whole cheerleading bit about how far cultures have come. And the, and and so Tony just went on stage and was like, ah, give it up for him. It, that's what we were brought up in. It just yes. doesn't ring. It just doesn't ring correct nowadays. It almost, I mean, I get it, but it's kind of like, oh man, it's like they kind of, I can't say ruined comedy. But it just makes it kind of like, uh, like I think sometimes you feel like, and I can just tell sometimes in this interview when you you were going to say something, you're like, yeah, I better pull back on this because this could get me in trouble or, I, or they might interpret no, it. No, I'm way. uncancelable. I don't care. Well, well, <laughs> they tried you. to cancel me several times. That's why I created that joke, uh, Cancel This Comedy Tour. I, I mean, was going to ask I, you about that. Yeah. Yeah. How did that come I'd about? I'd love to have you be part of it. Um well, you already got one well, black guy with a bald head, so you don't need to. Yeah, well, 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 we're going to move on. I wanted to work without me even. Um, no, you know, I, because they tried to cancel me when people were, there was, someone was lifting material and I just was one of the fourth, I was the fourth person to call him out, but. No, who was it? We'll call him out here. Who was it? Well, you know, I mean, it, there's videos everywhere that the situation was very clear that Amy Schumer had at least a thought process that was repeating on several people's jokes. Okay. There's videos that show two hours of videos that show it. So whatever, it's not personal. This is business. I mean, this is not, you know, just, but we also grew up in a different time, BT, that you know that comics had the camaraderie that if you got off stage and you did something that was similar to someone else's, someone would pull you aside and go, Hey, that's uh, that's Rod Paulette's or that's or so and so does a, a bit that's very sim- similar to that. You might want to check it out. And I I said, you know, I was the fourth one Four pe- three people ahead of me called her out for lifting their jokes. And the problem was, is that, again, I'm Sicilian and I came in the strongest and the hardest. And in 2016, I said, we want you to do well. Just do it with your own material. And then I wrote trying to be funny. Before me too, at least Cosby knocks his victims out before he rapes them. <laughs> and it's a hysterical joke. Oh, but they got God. all the Lena Dunham's of the world to go rape isn't funny. And that, I know I don't make jokes about it. Yeah. You guys do in your act. Um, but so they tried to cancel me. I lost my manager. I lost my agent. Are you serious? Uh, I, I lost a deal with comedy. Yeah, all they, they made phone calls saying how they tried to cancel me at clubs. I lost everything, man. Yeah. I mean, but you, was, you it devast- get- was it devastating for you at the time or, or, or you have the same attitude like you have now? Like, oh, well. 
Well, no, it was devastating at the time because when everybody runs away from you, it's very, it's amazing. That's how you figure out who your friends are. When you get canceled, people show up that you didn't expect and people who you expected to be there aren't there. And, you know, I lost my best friend and the whole thing. And the, the point of it was too, is it was very clear. It was all documented. If anybody really looked, I was fourth person to say something and and they only, that team only went after me. But here I am with no agent and no manager going up against YouTube's publicist. She, her publicist is Bono's publicist. Her publicist was Madonna's publicist. And that's when I learned about fake news years ago. Like that's not about just politics. Whoever has the biggest publicist wins in the press and the press believes everything. Wow. I had no idea about this. I mean, I'm being dead serious. I would have been there for you, but I had no idea. I think because, I mean, in a way, when you're trying to find your own way, you know, it's like I, I would see you from afar and be like, okay, good for Tammy, but I never really got into that. I, I had no idea about this. I really didn't. And well, I and you know that I think what hurt, oh, no, don't apologize. I mean, I, I that's very sweet because I did feel very alone, but I think for me, which you would kind of get, like, I just wanted to, I'm a comic. I'm a comics comic. I love the art. I love, I don't, I don't care about fame anymore. It's not about getting TV shows. It's just about doing good work. I just need more people to come to my show every time. I want the ones who show up to have a good show and them to bring four like-minded friends the next time. That's all it's really been for me for years. I'm The fame is gone. I don't care about that. And I, I was hurt because I'm also not girly enough they made it into a cat fight and i'm like i had to set whatever that girly stuff is down in order to be this far in this career so it's not jealousy that's that's demeaning it's about man you took if i was a construction worker and you took my tool belt we'd be saying we'd be fighting well i mean look what that's it. look what joe rogan did for uh with uh, carlos mencia and he went on stage in front of him and i mean everybody applauded joe you know what I mean? Which which I'm glad, yeah. but it's like, but then, yeah. but then you're the one that takes the arrows, you know. Like yeah, you said, yeah. you're the fourth person, and you're the one that took the arrows. And yeah, it's weird. You. But you know, Joe did lose everything, you know, and I, I, Joe lost his manager and agent and all that stuff too for a little bit. And I think for me though, I was kind of because again, it is not personal. I don't have a vendetta. I just, I just, it kept breaking my heart because I didn't have a special out and my comedy bits were getting parceled out into scenes and movies and jokes on on you know on other people's specials so it was hard so um I think that you know I just I wanted just to be clear about what's what's our stuff and by the way I'm no genius I don't have any great you know stop but it. I think it did stop help it. my act stop it stop it stop it right there well I think First it helped all, my act stop it First of all, what people don't understand is, and if you're watching this and you're not a comic and, you, and you're watching from afar, you think you're a comedy fan. Let me tell you what happens sometimes. And this before social media, you have an L.A. comic will come into the Midwest and do comedy. And if you had a joke they liked, they would just lift it. And so they go back to L.A. and they think it's that their comic. And so if you do that joke, they go, hey, so-and-so does that joke. And if they do it on TV or on, say, Tonight Show or something, you were you're, done. you're done. They think you're a thief. Okay. Okay. And then, so, so you go back to LA and then you have an, uh, a showcase for a big time, like uh, the comedy store or the laugh factory. And they go, ah, somebody else does that joke. You go, really? Who? 
It, it doesn't matter. You just got to do your own material. Like, oh, so who does my joke? And they never would tell you. Okay. And then and they do a comedy special and lift your joke and you have no representation. You are done. And because and, nobody's going to, they're going to say, who's, who's more famous? Kevin Hart or you? So Kevin Hart, mm-hmm. you stole Kevin Hart's joke. No. And I'm just using Kevin Hart as an example. But, uh, but that's right. what happens. And people don't realize that. So it, it, it's so frustrating when it happens. Because like you said, you might say you're not a genius, but man, you have a line that's a great line. And those comics would lift that. And then they point the finger back you going ah you took that from so-and-so's act you know i didn't that's mine and by the way i get that it because it's happened to all of us that's why comics are friends because sometimes something gets in the back of your mind like i don't really watch comedy anymore because i don't want to think i just came up with that joke because i'm not there's so many comics now in the old days we knew everybody's acts you know so you don't want to watch. I don't want to watch too many comedians now because I don't want that to. I don't want it to be like a repressed memory, which it could be. There are there is linear thinking, but when I was going through all that, there was an Oscar, uh, you know, an Oscar winning director who reached out. I was blown away by this guy, and he was also a writer. And he said, "Look, there are only so many facts about dinosaurs. And if you go to the library, there are 200 books about dinosaurs. He goes, but nobody in the library, when they open up that book, sees the same sentence structure, the exact same way in each book. It's all written completely different. And when they take a joke and they say it the exact same way, maybe changing a word or something, then that's a lift. Wow. Wow. Did it make make you feel better? I mean, seriously, did it? Yeah, I mean, definitely. All of it, it, you wouldn't believe who showed up versus who left. Yeah, and ultimately, man, I'm uncancelable because the truth is you can't trick the audiences. My audience shows up year after year. I put my time in. I worked as an MC, a feature, a headliner. Every single, they've watched me for the 26 years I've been on the road. Let me tell you something, man. I got to get this out before I forget. I, I don't know why, but it hit me so hard in a good way. When you did that way after school special on on Amazon Prime, I swear I watched it and I don't know why, but that hit me in a in a good way. And I just thought that was so brilliant and beautiful at the same time. And it just it it resonated with me. And I and I, I can't really find the words to say, but I just remember when you I go, Oh, Timmy's got a special. You know, because I mean it's 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 always like, oh, Timmy's got a special. And I looked at that special and man. From the very beginning, when the teacher's talking to you, well, you think you're a comedian? And you go, yeah, as a matter of fact, I do. And you were chewing the gum, and you got up with the cheerleading uniform, and you went to that, and you did it. And I just, man, I just thought that was brilliant. It was so, it was simple, but I thought it was brilliant the way you did that. I, I really did. I mean, I, I applauded that. I mean, was that your own coming up with that and, and everything? I mean, did you uh, have a, I don't know, a think tank or whatever? Like, what should we do? Because I just thought. No, well, yeah, it was me. I'll tell you the onus for that. First of all, I had to do it all myself. Thank God for uh, Andrew Dorfman. That's who played the teacher, the owner of uh, Stand Up Live and Zanies and comic himself. He helped me really figure it out because. I lost, I had that deal to do that special. Mm -hmm. And that was one of the things that I lost. So I had to come up and fund that myself. And I wanted, you know, like normally just let it go, but I had already promised, I filmed it in 2017. I had already promised the kids at the school that they could work alongside of professionals. Because when I was in 10th grade and I told my guidance counselor, I wanted to be on television. 
she was like, no one from here has ever been on TV. If you want to be on TV, you're going to have to rob a bank. So she literally, <laughs> yeah, she literally told me like, it's impossible. No one from be, gonna, is going to be on, take you on TV. It's going to be. So I literally had, I thought, okay, I'm going to go back to the high school. We created a, a scholarship. We had kids that were in high school work alongside the professionals. So they would get a credit on a television production before they ever left high school. I thought it was like, you know, really good. And then when the network decided that they didn't want me anymore because they had sided with other people um, that I lost that. So we did that, but I really was going to go tell the guidance counselor off too, in a sense, like go, I was going to have her introduce me and go, Hey, see what you were, you were a misguidance counselor and she died. <laughs> She died like she died. Yeah. So if you're going to do revenge, try to do it quick. Don't <laughs> serve it cold. Just try to turn right around and give it to him. You know, she died. So you yeah. Oh, man. I don't sound very good in this interview, do I? I no. I've been punching people. No, I, I have vengeance. Great. This is I'm, old school. I'm making fun of people. No, this is I'm real. Just who this, I am. No, that's you what I'm know? saying. This is real. This is no artificial shit. This is how we. This is how we came up in the bed. That's why we look at some stuff and go. God, you guys are pussies. I mean, honest, I mean, I get some things. I think some things are yeah. great. I really do. And it's like you said, and especially about millennials, I think it's great. But, but there's sometimes, as comes to, at a point, you got to man the fuck up sometimes. You know what I mean? And right. I, but is there? But the reason I want to ask you this uh, was the reason you kind of. It was a little bit cleaner than normal. Was it because you were working around kids? Because I, I, I watched a special. No, because there were no kids that are there, and it just kind of evolved that way. Um. When my when I had my son, I wanted him to be able to come to my shows. I never was dirty, but I would swear. I never did sex stuff. But no, the funniest thing, though, no, no, I thought because I saw it on, a, on another thing you did, and then you did it on a special, and you cleaned it up. You said hell instead of fuck, but you talked about a safe word with your husband, and you go safe word. How oh, about right. I just get yeah. the fuck off me? That my <laughs> god, that that made, that made my stomach hurt. Safe word. How about I just get the fuck. <laughs> me and then you don't especially go i go oh, all one word with the hashtag yeah yeah and then you did a, on the special you'll get the hell off me and i noticed i was like okay maybe she you know because she went back to you know your whole high school so it was maybe she cleaned up for that but i just thought that was yeah. a brilliant special i got the Thank idea behind you. it i just really loved it I've, I've always loved your career and what you did now when did you leave la because i remember and people don't know that when we were in L.A., there was a, there was a one-nighter in L.A., and it wasn't a comedy club. It was called Dublin's. Jay-Z, matter of fact, mentioned in one of his songs, he goes, that Dublin's yeah. and Dublin's. Dublin and Dublin's. Yeah, and, and for people who don't know, what it was was that was the place to be on a Tuesday night. And I said, mm -hmm. when I say place to be, this was, and I think it was, was it pre-Last Comic Standing, I think? Or was it post? Yeah, pre and during. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, that was a place where I'd get on stage. Vince Vaughn would be there. Uh, Justin Timberlake and Cameron I, Diaz. I saw I DMX mean, there. I saw DMX, yeah. Morris Day. And you don't understand, man. This was the place. that This was everybody who's who in Hollywood was on a Tuesday night. And I remember. That's where Prince invited me back to his, uh, his, his place. I, I mean, after I got off stage. And uh, yeah, that was a whole different story. No, but, um... you can't. No, you can't just <laughs> act like and Prince. But anyway, so back to you, BT. <laughs> no. So what, what about Prince again? What, what was this? Because they would dance. Dublin's afterwards would dance, it right? Dance so club, Prince yeah. was there, saw the act, and sat there, and like everybody was like, Prince wants to meet you. And I went back there at the table, and he's like. You know, with his lollipop, and you know, I love Prince. I was voted most likely to run away with Prince, like. Yes. And it is a little 
disconcerting when you meet someone like that and they're just, they're diminutive. They're, I mean, the presence is huge. Right. But, you know, I mean, the guy who I was sexually attracted to in high school is now smaller than I was in high school. What do you mean? Like, you know, that's not really. And, but still I was in love with Prince. So let's, let's not get it twisted. Okay. But they, they said that he wants to meet you. So he's at his booth and his, and I'm like, I sat down next to him. I'm like, Oh my God, I'm, you know, big fan. I love your albums. And he's just, you know, looking at me like beautiful eyes, just looking at his thing, looking at it. And um, I go, uh, uh, you know, uh, at the time I thought he was mixed too. I thought he was Italian and I, I said something about representing Italians and whatever. And then he just never said anything. And I mean, I'm sitting there for a little bit and it's cool. But then after a while, you know, like I'm grown, it's a little bit uncomfortable because you're just not saying anything. Right. So. I go, well, thanks so much. It was so nice meeting you. I'm glad you laughed. And, you know, and uh, I go to get up and his bodyguard stops me from getting up out of the boot. Like I'm standing there and I'm standing with a bodyguard. And uh, he goes, where are you going? And I go, well, he's not speaking. So, and, and uh, no, I said, he's not talking. And the bodyguard said, well, he doesn't speak. And I said, yes, he does. I have all his albums. And I walked right past him and he was dying, dying. And then he sent the girl after me and she came out and was dancing with me for a while. And was, and we became friends and it, her name, she told me her name was Tara and she was from Cincinnati, but it was Carmen Electra. Wow. Yeah. And wanted me to come back to the to the house and it got then I kind of knew what was the deal and I was not down for like wasn't down for that <laughs> oh my god Tammy yes yes yeah but uh, you know what I remember we took a picture in Dublin in a booth and I think you had a white fur coat or, or something like that I remember probably that. I was styling back then I was you've always child. been styling you've always been you've always honestly you got you were one Honestly, you're one of the first I remember being on stage who was funny and hot at the same time. You go on stage, you go, whoa. And then you laugh, but you were, yeah, you were funny hot. Funny hot. Well, thank you. No, well, always, and you, st you, like I said, you're still killing it. You are still no. killing it. Yes, you do. No, you, no, you, no, 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 no. Yes, you can. It's yes, hard. Yes. It's hard. Thank you so much. I, I will say, though, it, it took years for me to get on stage without someone saying, show me your tits and then now i'm like what happened to that <laughs> no one wants to see him anymore no i wish i'd have showed him them like i wish i would have done remember the playboy thing that they offered me i remember talking to you and i forgot i i don't maybe spark was around remember they did funny women a playboy and yeah. they offered me money to do it yeah and i wanted to do it so bad in a sense because it was 25 grand first of all i knew my father would kill me and right. it wouldn't have been fair to my brothers but i also thought I got to live in this condo with all these guys and yeah. it doesn't feel safe of them having naked pictures of yeah. me. I do remember you calling me one time and asking me if I did a porno because the girl in the porno looked just like me. I wish I could find that girl to this day. Because <laughs> I would sounds, tell people it was me. That sounds like, you know what? I vaguely remember that going, that looks like Tammy. I, I should feel guilty right now, but I'm not. <laughs> 
I should feel guilty. I think I think I stopped what I was doing. Like that looks like Tammy. Oh well. <laughs> it's amazing the stuff we remember and the stuff we don't like. Really? I said that, but yeah. I remember you going, "Hey, I got a question for you." Got a question. And usually it's like, "Do you have the number for this booker, or do you have like?" What do you, you know? What do you think? How much should I ask for this club? Is it? What do you think? Have you ever been? Have you ever played this club? What do you? You should I stay in the condo? Is it gross? Hey, I got a question for you. I got a question. What's that? Have you ever done a porno? What the fuck are you talking about? You're like, no, there's this girl. This girl. She looked just like you. She looks just. And then I remember it was early stages of the internet, and I looked her up, and I'm like, "Well, damn, she does look like me." <laughs> see, see, but you know what? But that—that's how cool we've always been. I think now, I don't know any female comic I can I can say that to now, and then they wouldn't be, you know, like, "Oh my god, I don't feel safe around him." You know what I mean? And because it, it was it was no it was no malice toward. It. I go, "Man, I was like, damn," you know what I mean? And I, I, that's how cool we were. I can go, "Hey, did you do a porno?" <laughs> you know? Yeah, but you know something. I felt like comedy, and that's what I miss. I'll be really honest with you. I miss being part of an exclusive club because that club transcended race, gender, religious backgrounds. We were all comedians. Yeah. So it was a very different time because if you were a com- oh, you're a comic dude, wasn't somebody with a seven minute monologue saying they were a comedian. You know what I mean? You yeah. knew everybody. We knew all 200 comedians who were working i'm not saying that you physically knew them but you knew the name right because if they were above you like we knew we all knew each other and then what happened is we all started to move up at the same time and then we didn't see each other because everybody's working as a feature act everybody's working as a headliner and then you're not running into each other and that's sad now when did you leave la and when you did what was the deciding factor when you left and was there a sense of was there a sense of sadness or melancholy or, I mean, I was ready to go when I left, but at the same time, I really, and I've always said this, I never really felt the same sense. I, I mean, it was like a, because when you leave there, it's like you go there, maybe you're like me, you went, you go there with dreams and I'm, this is going to happen. This is going to happen. And you always get like, you know, a little nibble of this. I'm, I'm sure, like you said, after tonight's show, you had to be thinking, oh, this is it. This is my, it's, it's my shot. And when it doesn't, and when you decided, okay, I'm done. I'm moving. Was there a sense of sadness? And what was this? And what was the deciding factor? No, because I still I don't I didn't know I was done. I mean, I still have my stuff in storage. I gotta go get it. Um I I was pregnant. I was five and a half months pregnant. And for real, I use this joke in my act, but literally my agent looked at me, and now these girls are doing specials pregnant. Yes. But my agent at the time said to me, Don't forget, this is 13 years ago. My son is 13, said to me, or maybe 14, because you're pregnant goes um if in a baby what are you gonna do like your career is over he goes you you're, you're never who's gonna want you traveling when you're pregnant you better pretend you're not pregnant thank god i was hollywood emaciated so i could hide it till i was five months pregnant um then he said to me he goes uh you know no one is ever gonna i've never seen a pregnant woman on stage and i truly said to him then you've never been to a really bad strip club because that was, you know. <laughs> we just right? talked about that. We just talked about in our last podcast, we do another podcast called Sorry We're Canceled. And we just talked about going to the strip club <laughs> and seeing the pregnant stripper. Yes. So that's hysterical. Well, we, that literally, and you know, I lived in that stripper colony. So I had been to a couple of bad strip clubs. Um, you don't know stripping until you've been to Hammett. 
um, on a Tuesday afternoon. Um, but <laughs> there's a, there, so we came to, I had a house in Pennsylvania. Well, we first, we tried to go to Brooklyn and my mother-in-law literally was like the mother from everybody loves Raymond, but uh, meaner. And then we came to this house that I had as a getaway house in Pennsylvania. And we sold the TV show about right around the same time about me being a wife, a mother and a comedian and leaving LA, trying to raise my son around my family because my family all moved to this town to follow me, to try to help me. And then we got landlocked here. And my son, my husband likes it. He owns a bunch of businesses and my kid loves it. It's great. And as long as I have an airport, I travel. Now it's funny because everybody left LA and they're living, trying to live regular life. But when I go to work, I drive an hour and a half to the airport, which is not cool, uh, but in either direction, Pittsburgh or Cleveland. But I put down being a wife and a mom. And when I come home, I pick it right back up. What, so where exactly do you live? Like where exactly do you live? Where exactly do you live? Meadville, Pennsylvania. Wow. It's in between Erie and Pittsburgh. It's 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 hell. I'm I'm trying to write a new show called Deliver Us from Meadville because it's horrible. <laughs> But it's great for my kids. You know what I mean? Like, I got to leave here in a few minutes. I got to pick them up because it's got football practice. Oh, my God. So, yeah, we'll, we'll, yeah, we'll be on time. I, oh, my. That's honestly, if you would have told me that 15 years ago, I'd be like, oh, my God. But now I get it. And I actually love it. I think it's the most beautiful thing in the world. And I really do. It's like watching that maturation of, of you, watching your career. And, you know, and now and hearing stories I didn't know about. I mean, because like you said, man, that was before social media really, really, really took off. And it's like, I felt like we lost touch a little bit. And, and you know, and there, was, there was never yeah. any animosity. It was always, all right, good for Tammy. I was always good for you. I saw your last comic standing. I was like, yes, good for you. And then, you know, you lose that touch. And then, okay, what happened here? What happened here? And then it's like, and it's so funny because being on, you know, I follow you on Twitter and this and that. And I go, what the hell? And then for some reason, I think I direct messaged you about something because that picture, an old, your old eight by ten, one of the first ones, and you were like, oh, I can't believe I'm showing this. Whatever. Oh yeah, yeah. And I was like, shut up, you still look good. And then I think that's when it all started. I was like, why not have Tammy on? It's like because I've always respected what you did. Yeah. And honestly, and maybe it's because, and no, no disrespect, maybe it's because where you are in your life. But I don't know when this part started because, but. And you say you don't talk about the sex stuff, but then what do you feel now about the female comics talking about their vagina all the time and this and that? Which, in a way, I have no problem. I get where they're going with that. I really do. I mean, yeah, I get that. But at the same time, like, you know, you never went there. What, did you ever think about that? Or, or was it because how you grew up and you were like, you know, I'm not going to talk about that because I'm, I'm, that's not who I am? Well, it's a combination of both. I, I didn't think I thought like that, but I didn't talk about it on stage which maybe it wasn't as authentic as it should have been. So I, I kind of admire their authenticity if it's authentic. Right. Or if they're just saying it for shock right. value, that's a different story. Right. Um, but I also, I mean, I, I again, my end game wasn't fame. Like I wanted to be a comic for a long time. That's like my big goal was headlining comic and whatever it took to get me to like, I want to be a headliner and you get those credits and stand up. So I also know that that I worry for them because it doesn't age well. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, no one wants to see a 50 year and you got to own it. No. You also got to own it, right? No. Like, Finish like that you thought. Gotta, nobody wants to see a 50 year old talking about her vagina. Is that where you're going to talk? About? They really, I mean, no. No. Can we just say no? Or or about giving head or stuff. Like no one wants to hear that. Like, 
No, they don't care about that, you know? And yeah, and it's funny because a lot of them, I get these, I get the worst comments that I ever get on social media are from like young girls telling me that I'm old. And I'm like, yeah, I am old, but let me tell you something. When I was your age, I wasn't tweeting the golden girls. I was out banging Lakers and dancing on tables. So let's not, let's get it straight. Let me show you what I was when I was 27. I'm old now, but you can't, let's, I'll see you when you're my age. I will stay alive long enough. I got a list of names I wrote down. I'm going to check in on in 25 years. Cause I'm petty like that. Okay. Who are they? Who are they? Who, who are the girls? Who, who name? Put some names. Put some names. First, first of all, kidding. first of all, two things. Two things. One, first of all, if you don't, if you say you're old, one more goddamn time. I swear to God, one more goddamn time. You say you're old. And second of all, who are the Lakers you banged? Come on, who are the Lakers you banged? <laughs> That's what I want to know. That's what I want to know. I want, I want the, I want the good, good. That's I didn't say I Lakers pure, oh, plural, okay. <laughs> not plural. <laughs> My God, like, it's a lake. I was out banging Laker. Doesn't make sense. Wasn't <laughs> like, like I was double teaming them, man to man. I had a zone going on, like you know, zone defense. Well, I had zone vagina. I mean, come on, that's not my joke. <laughs> now, see who steals that. See who steals that. God damn, Tammy. Fuck, it was, this was too long in the making, man. It really is. I, I mean, know. I love you. I love you. No, people don't understand, man. This is, we go back. God damn, it's almost sentimental. It's like, you know, seeing you on stage for the first, you were, I, was, I was there for the first, first time you ever went on stage. And now to see where you are now and, and you haven't well, changed a bit. You're still the well, same girl say, from the block. You're Tammy say, from the block and you're from uh, the boot and the boot will <laughs> kick your ass. I remember that shit. I'm from the boot and the boot will kick your That's ass. That's so funny. God damn. Remember that? I was just going to post about that. You should. That's so funny. I was just going to post about that. Um, I, I want to say this about you, though. I, I'm going to return the compliment because, first of all, you always stayed so positive. There were so many things that I was always, you know, that's just in my bloodline to be negative. And, <laughs> and uh, you always were so positive and keep trying and, and were encouraging all the time. Always so funny. Every time your show always was like, a pleasure to work with because I felt like it elevated my show like when I was featuring for you no matter what and I'm going to tell you your you did a night shift or night flight or whatever right uh that that show on it was night flight or what that was on tv I remember watching you on it it, it was, was black scorpion TV black scorpion that, black scorpion on sci-fi network it's called black scorpion on a sci-fi network and yeah, it was a TV show. And check this out for, for uh, the, the residuals I got from that. Right. I bought a truck that I still have. It's a 99. G it's a 99 GMC Sierra. It has 419,000 miles on it. The, the HOA wants it out of the That's neighborhood awesome. now. Then the, H the HOA and where I live, they'd say, we want that out of here now. And I go, yeah, make me. But yeah, 419,000 miles. You on live it. in an HOA? That's hysterical. Well, we've all changed. Who knew? We've all changed. But when I come to Indianapolis, I'm coming to see your HOA. My God, man. We Seriously, I man, I'm hope, I hope I'm not working. I want to be in town. We've got to. Man, this was a long time in the making, Tammy. And I mean... Wow, it just it's a good stroll down memory lane, sweetie. And I mean from the bottom of my heart, you what you've done, 
the trailblazing and all, and I mean that, man. For I mean, always kicking ass, fresh material. And I just really think if you guys get a chance, and maybe it's where I'm at in my life or the stage, but you got to watch the Way After School special because if you don't remember, everybody was a latchkey kid growing up. And ABC had the after school special. And that was like a great <laughs> little thing you watched. And it was, it was, they were good, at least for back in the day. You might look at it now, look like chips, and you go, oh, this was mm-hmm. shitty. But when you're growing up and you have the after school special, <laughs> remember, you thought chips was good, and you watch now, and you go, I can't believe I watched this shit. But, but yeah, you got to watch the uh, way after school special. I mean, that, that's great. And everything you've done from The View to The Tonight Show to you've been on Howard Stern, oh, Last Comic Standing. You. It's success. Well, well I'm excited over this new thing, this uh, Blue Bloods thing. That's going to turn in, hopefully, to uh, a, a recurring character. I just did a, I did one episode of it, and it may turn into a recurring character. So that's exciting. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, from the bottom of my heart, sweetie. I mean, we will stay in touch, my friend. Anything else you want to plug? Please do. We, anything else you want to plug before we get out of here? No. <laughs> No, I don't want to plug anything because it'll make it feel like business. I want to feel like we were just catching up because I love you and it was wonderful. And you're right. This was too long in between. So I appreciate you. We were catching up. God damn, man. Oh, my God. This hits my heart. It's it's in the feels, man. Fuck. God damn good times. Love you too, baby. I mean, if on the bottom. I love line. you. You look beautiful. Go get your kid from football practice. I mean, Me too. ladies and gentlemen, I gotta go. Right. <laughs> go. You go. Bad mom. I'm like, I moved here for him, but I just leave him hanging. <laughs> go pick him up. Go pick him. Have a good day, sweetie. Good to see you. This is BT from Tales from the Gemini. That was my friend Tammy Pescatelli. You can see her comedy specials. I think one of them from uh, from Netflix was number three at one time. All time comedy specials on Netflix. Check out Tammy Pescatelli, a true comedy blazer. I hope you had a good time like I did. And if you didn't, hey, I'm sorry, because that was that was my friend. And that's the last time. And that was one of the few times we've talked in, a, in years. So I hope you enjoyed it like I did. And if you didn't, sorry, I did my best. Anyway, thanks for watching. Like I always say about this time, peace.